0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into the SEC Morning Report. I am Blaine Gilmer. Thank you so much for tuning in and make sure to hit that like button. Subscribe, turn on notifications and also follow us on podcast, guys. We are on the audio side of things. If you prefer just to listen and not be on YouTube, well, guys, you can find us on iTunes, iTunes, uh, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. So thank you so much, like I said, for tuning in. It is Wednesday, November 15th. We are in the midst of the stretch run of the SEC football regular season. And guys, it is week 12 and we are going to ask questions here on this Wednesday as we do. Normally we call it a what if Wednesday, but now uh, we're just going to ask questions about these teams this week, about these programs, what we need to see and learn about them and how we're going to know more about them when Saturday night is over with and we're doing our reaction show here. So buckle up. Make sure you are tuned in here to get all of your news, notes, analysis for SEC sports on a daily basis. But, guys, also, if you need news Analysis, odds, all that kind of stuff on a in the betting world, the wagering side of things. Then you need to hit up Bet Online, guys. The last of the major pro sports leagues is often rolling with the NBA. They're in their in season tournament, which I don't understand even what that is. I had to like Google it the other day to find out what this in season tournament was all about. So just the NBA trying to do stuff, stay relevant during football season. I guess college football is going on. Uh, of course, like we said, the, the NFL. Um, You also have college basketball that's rolling at that Champions Classic last night, which was a a fun deal to watch um, while you're waiting on the college football rankings, of course. UFC, NHL, all of it's in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions all the hoops betting action that you want, along with every sport, is available right at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to betonline.ag today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. Yeah, we're part of the BELIEVE network here, guys. So you need to make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, all caps B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts and we're going to start with the game up in knoxville georgia undefeated going on the road taking on tennessee um you see this right here uh, it opened up georgia as a 10 point favorite on bet online over under 59 and a half we'll update the movement as it gets later in the week we'll probably do that thursday or friday here uh, where we update the lines and things of that nature But, guys, I've got some questions about this game, some questions about each one of these teams. And simply, I want to know, what is the culture of the Vols football program in year three under Josh Heupel? Um, People have alluded to the fact that, hey, if you go back and look at year three of him at UCF, things were starting to trend downward a little bit. There was a peak, and then things started to trend downward. Well, there was a peak last year. They got up on the precipice of, Getting to the college football playoff, they were a, a win away there at Georgia from having everything in front of them, and it kind of fell apart on them. They got to number one in the in the polls, and then it just all came crashing down. And then, of course, this year they get up on Alabama on the road, end up spoiling that uh, that lead, and it it turned south on them there. They they had a clunker at Florida earlier in the year, and then Missouri just physically dominated them in the second half of this game last year. So what we're going to find out is how much, how much this culture is intact as they return home to play their first SEC home game in over a month. They played UConn at home, but this is their first SEC home game in over a month. So you know the environment's going to be good. You know Tennessee fans always show up that, that Neyland Stadium's going to be rocking. But my question is, how much – is the culture intact where these guys who looked like they had no idea how to play split zone Uh, continually. Missouri was running split zone and they could not fit it. Uh, The the defensive line at times looked to be in disarray. They weren't fitting it from the linebacker level well. Uh, They got lost uh, with the running back in coverage several times. There was also other guys running wide open. And now, congratulations, you got a offense coming in that's better than missouri's now uh you got georgia who's one of the top five offenses in the country in terms of efficiency all that kind of stuff and we're going to get to georgia in just a minute but how do you handle disappointment on the road and then coming home can you can you flush it can you move on and can you show okay this it doesn't matter what happened the last week the culture of this program is fine because Anytime you come and go toe-to-toe with Tennessee, you're going to have a, a fight on your hands. You're going to have a disciplined, a a tenacious football team that you have to go up against. Even with some injuries and adversity and stuff like that, you're going to have a four-quarter fight. That would show that Josh Heupel has done a really good job with this with this culture if that happens. However, if this is a deal where, okay, he was successful and this is – all over the message boards over there with, uh, you know, Tennessee fans and things like that was Josh Heupel successful with Jeremy Pruitt's players because all, all the, a lot of the players now, and also players who were on that team last year that got brought in, had the success um, with the, the the Hyatt and Tillman and the, and the hooker and all those guys over there, they were, they were brought in under a different regime. So, can Josh Heupel show, hey, we've got the train on the tracks here. We're going to come out. We may not beat Georgia on Saturday, but we're going to give them a four-quarter fight, and we're going to stay right in this thing because there is a chance. There is a chance that if they do not show up and bring it best effort and do not get some major issues fixed from that Missouri game, I'm talking about you can't use the transit of property and say, oh, well, this team did this to this team, so and they did this to them, so you you can you can guess this what's going to happen. No, but you can look at some, some things schematically that happen and say, hey, if this doesn't get fixed, then this is about to get ugly. If they do not fix their run fits and fix their eye discipline in the secondary, then it could get ugly on Saturday. So all that is a culture issue. Can Tim Banks, uh, can Josh Heupel rally these guys, get them, get them refocused and get them excited to play at home. What is the culture like for the Vols in year three of football there for Josh Hopper? We're about to find out on Saturday. What if Georgia's just scratching the surface of what it can become in terms of, yeah, they're getting better on both sides of the ball. Saturday was the first time that we saw Brock Bowers and Lan McConkie, other than for a little bit of the Vanderbilt game, 100% 100% totally healthy, and Ladd wasn't even as healthy in that Vanderbilt game as he is now. Totally healthy for the first time, and it was, I mean, a challenge for that secondary. The first touchdown for Ladd McConkie, or the touchdown for Ladd McConkey. you have play-action toss into the boundary. So defense has to worry about the, the, the fake toss. Then you got 12 personnel. So Brock goes down the middle of the field, takes two safeties with him. You have a post coming in behind it with Lab McConkey. That safety moved just enough for Carson Beck to rip it 40 yards down the field on a line. And then, if, if that didn't work, you had Oscar Delp coming open on a wheel route down the sideline. Guys, when you're able to pull across the field, Rock Bowers and take two safeties with you, and then Land McConkey come behind it, and then you have a, a six foot, you know, six foot four quarterback that's just able to rip it in forty yards downfield with confidence. As it, it's a it's a nightmare for opposing opposing defenses, and I think this offensive line now with Amarius Mims now healthy, Kirby Smart said, "Hey, we rotated three tackles consistently throughout the game. We rotated three guards, and that's not because they're trying to find the right guy. That's because." All of them are so good they want to get them playing time, and that's a luxury to have seven offensive linemen that are that dominant, really eight if you count Austin Blasky who could go in there and play at any time at any, any position from tackle, guard, to center, any one of them, or be an extra tight end. They have eight guys that they can count on consistently. No doubts about it on the offensive line, so that is a luxury. Um, Missouri did allow Tennessee – to get three sacks in that game. Omar Norman Lott had two, James Pierce had one, and they got some pressure on on Brady Cook at times. So my question is, will they be able to get pressure on this Georgia offensive line? But I'm telling you, guys, they are playing extremely well right now, playing extremely well. So I think it's going to be very, very hard for Tennessee to – continue to get that that they've been very dependent on pressure if they don't get home they don't have much success against the past can Carson Beck continue to just play efficient football I think he's getting better each week uh, so that is a big question Then on the defensive side of the ball they lost Jamon Dumas Johnson he's going to be out for the foreseeable future here with that fractured forearm and they had two freshman linebackers that while Jamon Dumas Johnson is a tremendous linebacker and was very experienced for Georgia, Georgia has now gotten, gotten more athletic at his position with C.J. Allen and Raylan Wilson playing. Nothing against Jamon Dumas Johnson. Like I said, he's a, he's a linebacker. He's a future pro. Uh, he is, he's an experienced guy. He knows how to get Georgia aligned, things like that. That is what Georgia sacrifices a little bit with him being out and C.J. Allen and Raylan Wilson being in there. But make no mistake about it, they are better athletes than Jamon Dumas Johnson. They can fly. They can thump you. I'm telling you, those two guys are tremendous, and they're only going to get better each and every week is the direct quote from what Kirby Smart said. And these have been mid-year guys. They they know what's going on with this defense. They came in in January. However, you can't replace those game reps and getting that experience. They've each had problems against Ole Miss in terms of, Missing assignments early, and that's why Ole Miss went down the field and scored a couple times early. Will they be able to handle the road road environment and make those adjustments that Tennessee uh, puts, you know, makes you play in so much space out there, and can be difficult for a linebacker, especially a young linebacker? So let's see how those two play. But I'm telling you, Georgia's getting better on defense as well, and they're getting more athletic, which is a crazy thing there with CJ Allen and Reddington Wilson playing. So what if, guys? What if we saw the committee put them at number one after that resume was uh, boosted, after they beat Missouri at at home, and then they beat Ole Miss like a drum at home. Now they get a chance to go on the road and and add even more to that resume here with what would be a good road win over Tennessee should they be able to pull that off. I'm going to ask a question about Florida. Florida plays Missouri. Nobody expects Florida to win this game. Uh, In fact, it could get ugly with the way Missouri's playing. How patient will the Florida admin be with Billy Napier? And also how far off is this roster from where it needs to be? Missouri, a team that I think you would say is at a comparable level in terms of the roster build, at least what we thought going into this point, we're going to use it as a litmus test because you're about to go on the road to Como and see, we know that they're, they're way off from where, Georgia is, as a roster standpoint, we learned that earlier this year. But here's another litmus test to say, okay, how far off are we from being a contender in the SEC? Because that's what Missouri is now, a contender. They proved that this year. So you get to use that as a litmus test and see where your roster stands up in certain areas. However, we also need to see, uh, you know, how patient this admin is going to be because we've seen Mississippi State pull the trigger get rid of Zach Arnett. We saw Texas AM and even owing $78 million to Jimbo Fisher, pulled the trigger there. Florida is a program that considers itself, and especially with the college uh, football coaching carousel going, uh, Lance pulled I think, is going to Michigan State. So it's going in, in full in full gear now. So with all that going on, okay, with all that going on, how patient is Florida going to be? Uh, all the indication is right now, oh, yeah, Billy's recruiting this and that and things of that nature. Um, but if they go up to Como and they get blown out, they get their doors blown off, will Florida say, you know what, we got to make a move now? And especially with the where the transfer portal lies and the and the signing class and all that kind of stuff, if they are, they're gonna have to rip that band-aid off. So we'll see. I doubt it. I think they will be patient with Billy, and I think they'll give him another year, especially with as hard as that schedule is going to be next year um, and the talent that they are set to bring in right now. But, my goodness, uh, we have to see um, because you never know. You never know. So, Florida needs to go in and play a good game against Mizzou for those reasons. Missouri is very good. Can they take the next step to being great? And here's what my high school football coach told me. The true measure of greatness. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if it's football, life, whatever. The true measure of greatness is consistency. Can you do what you are very, very good at consistently? And Missouri is doing that for the most part. Uh, They've had some defensive lapses at times this year. Can they go and just shut down? I want to see that defense, see if they can shut down the Florida run game on the road, because lots of teams have been able to do that when Florida's been away from the swamp. So can they shut down that Florida run game and then just make sure they continue to play uh, clean football, get it going through Cody Schrader on the defensive side? They should be able to run the ball on Florida. Florida's not very good uh, defensively against the run. They don't get a lot of pressure either, does Florida. So I want to see Missouri just play consistent, the true measure of greatness is consistency they're marching towards a 10 win season so can they continue just to show weekly improvement weekly execution here with missouri especially on that defensive side i want to see them uh dominate they play great against tennessee they were the more physical team but now can missouri just avoid any kind of lapses like they've had at different points during the year they just need to play aggressive play man coverage over there with rake straw with abrams drain shut down that florida run game put lots of guys in the block box bring pressure like they normally do and just have a overall first quarter to fourth quarter dominating performance because i think they're good enough to do it and if you are that good let's see that consistency not only from week to week but within this game and i think you'll see missouri inch closer and closer to tearing up a little bit uh, in the sec My, what i mean is taking that next step to the next tier from going to be contender to next year okay we're going to recruit at such a level we're going to do things at such a level we're going to execute at such a level or we're going to go to uh we're going to take that next step and we're going to dethrone one of those guys and make the sec championship game especially with no divisions next year so we'll see if they can this can be an indicator of what is to come for missouri they're still playing for that new year six bowl game mind you out there how much pride does Kentucky have, and can Mark Stoops get the best out of his team on the road? Listen, Kentucky has fallen well short of their goals this year, uh, well short of my expectations for him. I expected Dane, uh, Dane Key to have a bigger year. I expected Devin Leary to play a whole lot better. Um, you know, the defense at times has just not looked like a Brad White, Mark Stoops coach defense. So they're about to go on the road to play South Carolina in November, where South Carolina uh, plays really well at home, and they also play well in November. So can they play inspired? Uh, it's a chance to, you know, they got a chance to, if they if they were to win out here um, and, and win a bowl game, they could get a nine-win season. Uh, not bad for a year, even a, a down year for Kentucky if you end up, you know, with with a nine and four record, that would be that would be a nice deal for the Kentucky Wildcats. But in order to do that, you have to go on the road, handle adversity, play at Williams-Brice Stadium, uh, and you gave up a lot of big pet plays through the air last week to Alabama. You know, Spencer Rattler and company are going to be chomping at the bit to be able to go through the air at you through that secondary and see if there's any bust on the back end. Also, got to get pressure. Alabama didn't allow a sack. To Kentucky last week first time and that's kind of discouraging if you're Kentucky because Alabama's offensive line is not very good and neither is South Carolina's Um, obviously South Carolina's is much worse than Alabama in my opinion even if the sack numbers are just a little bit better but I'm telling you uh, you got to be able to go after this South Carolina front and get some pressure and help out your back end if you're Kentucky but I just want to see if they have pride if they play discipline if they play sound football on the road here in November against South Carolina at williams Bryce Stadium. Speaking of South Carolina, is this the most dangerous South Carolina has been all year? It's, it kind of seems like they're just finally some of the drama has shaken off. They're playing a little bit loose now. Uh, they've, they've got you know a healthy Xavier Leggett. They've got a healthy Omega Blake. They've got a healthy Amarheem Brown and those guys kind of all stepped up and had plays against Vanderbilt, got some of their confidence going. Spencer Rattler got some of his confidence going, and now they get to return home, like I said, play in front of that home crowd, and they always seem to play well at this time of the year. At the end of the year, they've got a bowl game aspirations, and if they win this game and then have a shot at Clemson at home, then they can make a bowl game, and Shane Beamer uh, will get a little bit a little bit more grace there from South Carolina admin. I'm not saying he's on a hot seat or anything like that, but uh, six and six at the end of the year with this South Carolina team and all the injuries that they've had looks a whole lot better than four and eight or five and seven even. So you got to go out and take care of business at home here for the momentum of that program, for recruiting, for transfer portal, to attract people, all that kind of stuff, and continue this thing going in the right direction if you're South Carolina Listen, it's uh, you know Spencer Rattler, another opportunity to put stuff on tape versus a defense that's going to have some NFL players over there. So the the NFL will be looking and saying, okay, how does he handle this this opportunity, this environment? He's been a little bit up and down at times, but for the most part, he's played pretty well this year, and I think helped him out a lot with the NFL scouts. So we'll see how he handles this Kentucky team. Over in Baton Rouge, I want to see how much will Brian Kelly allow Jaden Daniels to pad the stat sheet, uh, the state sheet. The stat sheet is what it should say against Georgia State. Um, so when you're talking about Jaden Daniels, guys, uh, you know, with LSU, he is, I think, right there in the Heisman Trophy conversation. And in my, if I had a vote for the Heisman Trophy, he would be – The winner, in my opinion. I think he he's played that well in this game. Sadly, there's a lot of people that get votes on this award that shouldn't even get votes on this award. And they look at numbers and box scores and all this kind of stuff. So will Brian Kelly not, you know, trying to run it up on Georgia State, but trying to make a case for Jaden Daniels for the Heisman, make a case for either Malik Neighbors or Brian Thomas for the Bolitnikoff award. Will he allow him to air this thing out and pad the stat sheet? against georgia state and then guys honestly he may not be running up the score because georgia state may score a lot on their def on lsu's defense because lsu's defense is horrible so it may just be that Jaden dennis has to put up numbers in this game out of necessity even against a sunbelt opponent but georgia state is capable of playing quality football um, and getting good play out of their quarterback at times so we'll see how much how many numbers Jaden Daniels puts up on Saturday night and how much he bolsters his case for the Heisman Trophy. And then lastly, the team I want to ask a question about is, can Auburn execute and play clean against New Mexico State with a big Iron Bowl matchup looming? Okay, New Mexico State, a quality football team. Uh, they've had some success this year, and they're not going just going to come in there and lay down uh, on the Plains. So I want to see, okay, even though you get that big matchup with Alabama, a game that I think Hugh Freeze and company are all very excited about. You look at Hugh Freeze's track record against Nick Saban. Uh, you look at the the track record of just the iron bowl historically, even, even a couple of years ago under Brian Harson, they almost took down Alabama at Jordan Hare stadium. So, Crazy things happen in the Iron Bowl, but first you want to get there with a chance of that being your eighth win, not your seventh win, and you don't want to be coming off a letdown against New Mexico State. So can you come out and execute, uh perform well, play clean, stay healthy, all those things leading into the Iron Bowl. That's my question about this Auburn football team. How much have you grown? how much uh where is the consistency for this Auburn team because an eight win season for Auburn would be i think it, it would make i think it you know eight win regular season i think that would make Hugh freeze the sec head coach of the year in my opinion for what he's been able to do with that train wreck that was left behind behind for him from ryan harson guys thank you so much for tuning in this has been your sec morning report remember we're presented by bet online you can find all the information down below on how to support us through that and also if you want to get your wagering uh news odds tips predictions blake Lovell's all over sec basketball right now chris chris lee's helping him out with that gavin Schoenwald and and chris lee do a live show every day here 12 eastern 11 central so make sure you're subscribed turn on notifications for that again you can find us on apple podcast spotify anywhere you want your audio so just search southeastern 14 thank you so much guys for tuning in like I said, I am Blaine Gilmer. You can follow me at using at bgilmer18 on X. And like I said, like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We are presented by Bet Online, and we thank you so much for this being your home for daily SEC sports coverage. Southeastern fourteen. <laughs>